What's up, everybody? You are listening to Switch Flicks, the podcast where we love and hate movies at the same time. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm with my washed-up Hollywood actor friend. Hi, Sam. How's it going? Uh, not bad. Washed up. You know, uh, I think this is a cool opportunity to give some background information about the podcast. Right. Uh, for example, our listeners don't know that I have a stunt double uh, during the <laughs> podcast uh, who says all the difficult words right. with more than a few, more than, you know, some or... Like that or one. Oranges. Oranges. More or- oranges. <laughs> or- orange. Give me a second. Brad! Origins. Yeah, so that's actually a really interesting fact. Today, we are reviewing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The rules of the podcast are simple. Haisam and I review something, one of us will have to love it, one of us will have to hate it, and who does what will be determined by the flip of a coin. Canadian coin of fate. Canadian coin of fate? The catch is that at any point in our debate, we can use the switch to change positions. So if you loved it, you now hate it. And if you hated it, you now love it. Spoilers, as always. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a 2019 comedy drama film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. The film stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Emile Hirsch, Margaret Qualey, Timothy Oliphant, Austin Butler, Dakota Fanning, Bruce Dern, and Al Pacino. They are part of a large ensemble cast who star in multiple storylines in a modern day, modern fairy tale tribute to the final moments of Hollywood's golden age. The film is set in 1969 Los Angeles, where an aging television actor and his stunt double and longtime friend navigate the changing Hollywood film industry. This is getting too easy. I don't think we can go on before talking about a few things. Okay. So, uh, welcome back. Well, thank you. Right? You were in Canada. I was in Canada. Where Where in Canada were you? I was in Regina. 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 How was it? This t- I hear it's pretty damp this it time moist. of the year. <laughs> right? It was... I mean, was it, w- it... I heard it's pretty like tight in there. It's pretty small. What was, what was it like? It was flat. Okay. Uh, and and wide. <laughs> Fat and wide? Flat and wide. <laughs> Flat and wide. Wow, okay. <laughs> anyway, on your way back, you brought a coin of fate. I brought a Canadian coin of fate. Right, it's got a actual head on one side. Yep. And it's got a moose on the other side. That's so the tail. It's, it's very Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to flip it. I hear, you know, Canadian coins are really nice. Like, whichever you flip it, you always win. Uh, I'm going to flip it now. Mm-hmm. If it lands on heads... That means you love this movie. If it lands on the moose, you hate it. Sorry. Here goes nothing. Tails. Okay. Once upon a time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino was born. And he made masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece. All of it building to this movie. A kind of culmination of everything that Quentin Tarantino has learned, he has put into this film. This is an incredible movie. It changes Hollywood forever. I love this film. Okay, it sounded like this was your. <laughs> it felt like none of those words were comfortable coming out of your mouth. Uh, rather than this being a masterpiece, I would call it a masturbation feast. Feast. <laughs> <laughs> This is a masturbatory piece of Quentin Tarantino unchecked, doing whatever the hell he wants, with nobody able to just tell him, hey, what is happening over here? 
You say that if it, as if it's a bad thing. It is a terrible thing. In this movie had no plot to speak of. It was just him creating this environment that he lived in, that he grew up in in the 60s, right? Yeah. And then having, and then just like kind of hanging out there for a while and doing nothing of note. No, okay. This movie does a lot of things of note, right? And we'll we'll talk about it one by one. Now, firstly, you're talking about Quentin Tarantino being self-indulgent. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's why we like Quentin Tarantino. He is self-indulgent. That's what all his movies are. He isn't just a you know studio driven you know studio driven director who does things uh, that studio. The wants. only reason that this movie is even getting any attention is because it's Quentin Tarantino. So he, people are thinking, oh my, he he is a genius. So there must original, be something he, to this. He is an original voice, and so of course you need to give the freedom to the original voice to do what he wants. Why are people saying no to him? Why do you want that to be a thing? Why because do you want the result is what we just saw. Why do you want two and a half hours of nothing, of just boring this, nothing? It is so much more than nothing. It is about Hollywood. It is about being an actor. It is about the Charles. It's about Manson. driving. It's about going from point A to point B over and over again. It's about every single shot of a foot that you could possibly think of sticking up in your face. There was no subtlety whatsoever in these like signature Quentin Tarantino elements, and they never come together. I, I, I'm sorry that this wasn't some huge movie with like things exploding all the time, right? These are character pieces. You're following I characters. Need, I don't need things to explode. I just need there to be a story. This was, there was no story. This is a character-driven film. <laughs> what does that mean, a character-driven film where it's the characters the don't do anything? It's the story of DiCaprio. It is the story of Brad Pitt. It is the story of Hollywood told through these people. It is the story of the golden age of okay. Hollywood, as a so, matter of so fact. So the problem is that they took a day in the life, literally. Like a day in the life where you could see someone... Feeding their dog, going for a drive. Yeah, but there is just purpose hanging behind, out, just sitting in a pool. There is purpose behind nothing. all of it, right? There is purpose behind all of it, right? When you're seeing Sharon Tate, a day in the life, you understand. Okay, this person is dead, and she's more than just this what actor, was she even right? Doing you're in this seeing movie. her life, and so when you the fear that she's going to die, you see that she's a regular person, right? It's all built up to that tense ending. I just it feels to me like this was. Essentially, just Quentin Tarantino reliving his childhood by recreating 1969 Hollywood and giddily showing it to the world with that, nothing to, to nothing to ground it. That recreation of Hollywood is amazing. The attention to detail. Now, I was never there, but I felt like I was there. Like watching them drive through those iconic locations was just such a thrill. Right, you, you know what it was like. It was like watching all of the actors that are supposed to be in the movie, seeing what they're doing when they're off screen. Like when someone's off screen and you're not seeing them as part of the plot, they go grab a bite, they go to the bathroom, and that's they go for a walk. And that's the beauty and that's of this what movie. this movie was about. This movie is about the golden age of Hollywood, and so you are seeing Hollywood at its prime, right? And that's what you're looking at. The music. The music in this movie <laughs> is so great. It's every single song that ever came out in 1969. It's all the music. There was no it, selection. It was they just have everything. They have recreated that era to a degree that's unreal. Look, right? man, if this, I'm sitting... I, when, I look, when, I watch, when I watch a Quentin Tarantino movie, I expect the best. And that's because he is a legend. He is a genius. 
That's why when I watched something like this, I was completely shocked because I was not entertained. I did not enjoy it. I felt And I think I that is bored. a problem. I that actually a, felt bored. That is a problem with your expectations. You walked into that cinema expecting to enjoy no, the film. You're right. I should like have expected otherwise. Glorious Bastards or Django Unchained. Amazing films. Right? They are amazing films, but they are different films. Quentin Tarantino can do more than just one thing. He can do more than just people sitting and having conversations. No, apparently This, he can. <laughs> he he should have just stuck to his Quentin Tarantino formula. I don't know what this was. This was boring. It was overlong. It was really slow. And honestly, like when you when you go to like film school, the one of the first things that you learn is you don't need to show people traveling from point A to point B to show time passing. Okay. I don't understand why Tarantino, there were so many shots of right, cars driving. Tarantino, right from Pulp Fiction, has broken the rules of cinema. That's what makes it so great. You see Pulp Fiction, you go like, oh, this isn't in chronological order. It's in weird order. They don't teach you this in film school, right? He takes the rules of cinema, he breaks it, and yeah. that's what makes his movies great. You're right normally that would be the case but he broke one rule which you shouldn't break the movie needs to be engaging and entertaining and this movie was not switch this movie was so engaging this movie was so entertaining i was sitting at the edge of my seat the entire time just waiting to see what other uh what 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 other hijinks that cliff booth and uh whatever well, the no other guys did, you know would would be up to you know he was always you know giving us something no, this unexpected movie is clearly he sat down he came up with that ending and then created some kind of yeah, movie yeah, well, in you front can't of even, it you can't question right? his you can't question his but what are you you are an ant in the face of this giant okay I'm, he is a legend he is a genius and if you just don't understand what he was trying to do this time around it's not his fault it's yours no i actually clearly understand what he was trying to do that's the problem his purpose the reason for him making this movie that's what's wrong he just wants to live in that time and he doesn't actually care about the audience anymore it seems where he just wants it this is an act of hubris this movie is pure hubris put on screen So what? So what if this was his uh, getting a little bit too self-confident and wanting to do more than what we would expect him to? So what? This wasn't this wasn't a failure. This was a a, a great Uh, this was a great success, as can be seen by how people are responding to the movie. The, so many positive review, reviews. This movie is so incredibly many, so divisive among Wh the people, mm -hmm. right? Some people love it, yeah. idiots. Some people <laughs> hate it. People who are normal <laughs> and like movies. Okay. Listen, man, this breaks the rules of a normal film. It breaks the rules of a normal narrative sequence. Yes. It is so unusual. It needs to shake things up a little bit, Listen. right? Just because it's unusual doesn't look at you. You're unusual. <laughs> you I'm break the great. laws of a normal human <laughs> being. Your head shouldn't be that shape. That's okay. But it is, right? That doesn't mean it's a good thing. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> no, Chronologically just, not, speaking that too. Is, that is not what my mom says, okay? Okay. <laughs> listen, exactly. Okay, that's what this movie is like, right? Maybe Quentin Tarantino's mom, no, she'll be bored. Uh <laughs> Right, she's going to be like, what the hell, son? You are a disappointment. Look, the point of this is, this movie was not meant to be a traditional paint-by-numbers film. This is supposed to be something that pushes the edges of the boundaries. Now, look, fine. On the one hand, you've got the divisive 
plot, the the fact that it doesn't do what you expect it to. But then let's look at the actors. Phenomenal, phenomenal, unbelievable. You've got Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio together. That chemistry is sizzling. It's unbelievable. It's perfect on screen. You know what? They do... They're great actors. They are great right? actors. So they're do- going to be good at it. They're right? going to be great at but it. But this movie is about their chemistry, but they barely have any scenes together where they they're actually talking. They have lots of scenes together. No, it's the, mostly you're seeing the back of their heads while they're driving in a car. And maybe the ex- like Brad Pitt will drop Dio anywhere. They'll exchange one line. Then he's gone doing his own thing, right? They do have great chemistry. Use it. I want to see a movie with these characters, but this is not that movie. This is the blooper section of that movie these are the extra credits of that movie like why am I watching these things that you've I'm watching got, you've, you've got uh, Al Pacino in it for two minutes oh, I don't know what he's doing brilliant in this movie. he's he's a crucial part of the film because he he's, he's one of the opening scenes of the film and then he's the reason he's that there. Leonardo DiCaprio goes to Italy you know here's the other part of this film right he's there for exposition there's a narrator for exposition. This movie has so much exposition, Fantastic. but zero plot. How can somebody, something that it has so much exposition actually have no plot? I don't even know what the plot is anymore. You know what I love about this film is it breaks all the rules, all right? Rather than having the narrator consistently from the beginning to the end, they only have the narrator say one line in the beginning and then narrate over the entire third act. Quentin Tarantino clearly doesn't care anymore. Like, he doesn't care about his audience. He thinks he's a genius. He can do anything he He wants. This is his art. Right? I think there is a thin line between genius and you. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Now, Quentin Tarantino used to be a genius. Now Now he's me. He's you. (laughs) That's great. And idiot. (laughs) Okay? We don't want that, Quentin. I want my old Quentin back. <laughs> there is not one single line in this movie that's memorable. Not one single line. And that I'm saying that about a Quentin Tarantino movie. How sad is that? You, you're forgetting the fact that if Quentin Tarantino was just trying to remake Quentin Tarantino, then we would be sitting here saying, oh, well, he's just rehashing everything but over again. That's the Instead, p- what he did was recreate an era in such believable detail that no one ever has even come close to it. He still... It felt like we were in the middle of it. That's the th- With all the dirty hippies, but this with is- all of that. And, and he and and you know what he made me realize that hippies are bad. I didn't know I was I liked hippies before this film, but now this movie is I, now super I realize r- like it hates hippies, <laughs> it hates Mexicans. <laughs> Uh, How does it hate Mexicans? They keep making all these jokes about uh, disgusting Mexicans in that movie. No, like that's a because in the types. '60s, that's how they were. They were racist and ignorant. <laughs> you know, so he was just reflecting the racism well, and ignorance of wh- the era. Why is Quentin Tarantino racist and ignorant still? This is in the '60s, Quentin. I have. I'm on a first name basis. Right? Are you now? <laughs> Listen, Quentin. <laughs> okay. No, you keep talking about something and i don't remember what that is <laughs> <laughs> look let's take let's take let's take a moment over here all right yeah. a movie is made of all of these elements yes. all right you cannot deny the fact that every single one of these elements was perfection in this movie the ah. acting the costumes the wardrobe the wardrobe the makeup the the casting the the the, the way it looked the look and feel the art department ah. the recreation of the era this is you what could i wanted meld to meld into say. it you could sink into it you were talking about how this is different from other Quentin Tarantino movies. The problem is it's not. He has had these impulses before, but he's balanced it. But over here, it's all his worst impulses, his kind of like his fetishization 
of you know uh, old hollywood of We're certain just, genres this is this is going deep this is deep into quentin This is Quentin depth level nine. The kind of right? deep. I mean, you were deep into Regina. Balls deep in Quentin in this right. movie. Right. All right. This is Quentin being unchecked. All right. And this is what we want. No. This is the ninth film. No. All right. There's one more and he's going to no. retire, man. Quentin. This is what it's all about. Quentin. We needed to get to that level. Listen, Quentin, I know you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. Okay. <laughs> Don't go unchecked. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Switch. Listen, Quentin. Okay, you need to wreck Hollywood conventions and all the tropes and be more you, Quentin. Quentin, you be you, Quentin. <laughs> Don't listen to these naysayers who tell you to be less. No, Quentin. No, <laughs> stop. Stop for all right. of our sakes. I have never actually been bored in a Tarantino movie ever before. I can't believe that I felt literally bored while watching this movie, especially the first the second act was like super slow. The first act was surprising because that the, the first act it was like this like this process that i'd never experienced of sadness and disappointment and then acceptance it was like going through the stages of grief while i was watching this movie again this is clearly about your expectations going into the movie i expected it to be good and like, it was not i think you really need to watch this movie a second time uh with what we i now, really don't I, now that you know what this movie's about i think if you watch it a second time okay. you would like it a lot so here's more. the thing this is this is the most damning aspect of this film as far as i'm concerned i don't want to watch it again what does that say i mean that is so sad like i actually don't really want to go through that again that that says that you're really cheap that you don't <laughs> want to pay for the ticket right that's what that says okay now here's the thing let's talk about some of these sequences by the way you say it's boring that ranch sequence where Brad Pitt walks into the ranch it is so expertly directed the tension is in a, at an all-time high not compared to not not compared to uh, you know his other films I mean it was good look let let me let me uh, let me let me clarify that this the ranch sequence where he picks up the hitchhiker and they go to the ranch and you have that moment of tension Fantastic. was the first moment of tension in the entire film and that's like Three quarters of the way down the, the movie. The reason why you feel that tension is because how they build Brad ah. Pitt's character. So basically, right? because you, they had no tension in the first hour, and then you have like five minutes of tension, you and you're starving about, for tension. Listen, you, then you're like, oh my god, this is the best tension ever. <laughs> <laughs> you care about these characters, right? You need foreplay. You don't understand foreplay. <laughs> foreplay. It's all foreplay. Whoa. For first what are you hour, doing with your fingers like in, oh, oh my god. Quentin is just tickling so, your so balls. Oh god, okay, no. he's just tickling. in your balls and then he sets you off in a ranch. Oh no. Right? That's what's happening surrounded by hippies. There is so much tension, right? That it, like the music, the way that it's put together, right? Especially knowing the history of the of the Manson family and what's going to happen. Exactly. And if you didn't know the history of the Manson family and what was about to happen, you would be completely lost and there would be no tension. This movie requires that you understand certain things before you go and you enjoy it. This isn't for everybody. This is for specifically well, this the more you know the more you know about that era, the more you're likely to enjoy this because you're kind of like seeing Absolutely. it come to life. This movie isn't for ignorant people, <laughs> right? I have always said this. As a critic, I am highbrow. Right. right? I I I you know, I read about history, about uh, you know, film history specifically. and also history of serial killers and uh -huh. cults uh, you, you what? do what cults i've joined i've started a couple of cults 
Okay. What? The Heisam Two family. Two cults. Heisam Heisam family. <laughs> right. And uh, the, <laughs> it has something. How to, big is it? What? Who's in the cult? My family. My mom. My oh, dad. Okay. It's my. It's literally my family. <laughs> oh, Nobody else would Got really okay, understood. Join it. <laughs> uh, but as a highbrow critic. Uh, right you have to have this information like uh, when you understand what it was like in old hollywood but also about the actual murder right you're sitting there at the edge of your seat the whole time wondering what's going to happen right and if you didn't if you're one of those people like you who don't understand what happened there who have no understanding of <laughs> history or uh, geography i guess this uh, is this is the you you watch this movie mm-hmm. and then you come out knowing a little more but you're also kind of enthused to f- do more research about the I thing so really it's making people smarter I, no a movie is not meant to just go and and show you uh, the street corner where there used to be this movie theater and that they lovingly recreated it and brought it back to life so that the sign could light on for half a second in the movie. That's not what it... That that doesn't interest me and it doesn't interest 90% of the people who go to see a movie. That's too personal. This movie's made over $100 million. I don't know, you can say it doesn't interest 90%. Well, I'll tell people. you something. You know why it made over $100 million and why it'll continue to make money? Because it's because Quentin it's Tarantino. Because not because it's, it's good, good, because he's built up so much goodwill over the past eight movies that he could shit in a bucket and film it for an hour and people will still go see it and it, say that, that, that it's it like depends. avant-garde. Is it a it historically accurate <laughs> yeah. recreation of his shit that he took in the 1960s? It could if be. Yes. It could be. Then I, of course so, I would watch so it. So yes, of course it's going to make money. And and you know what? Well, I'm not... I'm not great good for him but i was just i don't want to see this movie again and that i think says a lot i think you don't want to see this movie again because you are you have like this kind because of sensitive why? soft why? spot for the hippies and the Banson family. <laughs> I, I do right? like hippies. Now, this movie is so great that it kind of uses what does it cinema. What hippies anyway? It, it uses cinema to recreate history, just like it did with the Nazis in Inglorious Bastards, that ending sequence that, you know, you know, if you wanted Quentin Tarantino, you get full-on Quentin Tarantino, flamethrower, heads Flaming being bashed in, things, people being stabbed, that sequence, come on, are you going to really sit here and tell me that sequence was boring and not, not, not great? It was the best sequence in the movie along with the ranch sequence. Yes. But this was a bad movie. So that doesn't really say that much. So wait, so you're saying the you know the the sets were great, the costumes yeah, were great, the yeah. acting was yes. great, the yes. sequences were yes. great, and the movie no, was I terrible. No, I didn't say the sequences were great. I said you just you just I didn't say the sequences. I said, I said those great. two sequences were the best of the okay, film. What about the sequence? So where you know what wasn't good? The script, the editing. So both ends of the spectrum. On the one hand, the story itself that was non-existent. That had actually no plot. It feels like this script was like half the length of a no, normal script like and we, twice as long of a movie. Like we and already said, and then editing-wise, this could have been an hour shorter easily, and it would have been way more entertaining. We are. You could have cut out Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio entirely from this film, and it would have been an even better movie than it was. <laughs> no, right. Someone <laughs> told there, me that. <laughs> <laughs> there are. This movie isn't just about one thing, right? It is a, the relationship of uh, Leo's character You're with Brad's character. Shut no, up, it's fine. about yeah, that it's friendship. It's about so many things. It, it's, ab- it's about his dog. It's about how much the- screen time do we get on Brad Pitt's dog? Cute dog. It's g- cute what dog. You, uh, what do you like- have against dogs? Yeah. <laughs> 
I okay. don't have anything. Right? But what is it? What uh, is it? You know what? Uh, you don't understand this movie. Let me, <laughs> a real critic who understands uh, things, right. explain the Ooh, movie to you. Okay. Right? The 60s was the golden right. era of Hollywood. Uh-huh. It ended with the death of <laughs> Sharon Tate. 1969. Right? People say that, right? Uh, they do say and that. And so this was Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> way of playing homage to that time, right? We see it through. And the rewriting char- history. And the character, we see it through the character uh, that Leo plays. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then eventually you know he's a struggling actor and when he saves Sharon Tate not knowingly it saves the golden era of Hollywood and also his career he's a stand in for yeah. the golden era of Hollywood so what you're saying is that in this alternate reality that Quentin Tarantino fabricated he saves Hollywood yes okay so the whole point of this movie was for him to feel like he saved Hollywood in an alternative dimension. Quentin Tarantino has always been like this. Why are you complaining now? Because his other movies he were sa- great. His other movies the, were entertaining. He used you the, loved his other movies. You he, wanted to watch them again and he, again and again in, and again. In, in Inglorious Bastards, this. he used the power and of And what does he have? Wait, wait. In Glorious Bastards, he used the power of cinema to defeat Hitler. Right? Great. So he wasn't That's wonderful. Being, he wasn't being like uh, you know self was, whatever there it was, but he it is was being well here made, Wait, what's the it was, line? It, there was a plot that was incredible actors that the tension in that movie from beginning to end was just like it was just inc- unbelievable, all right? It was transcendent. The tension w- there was nothing it like was. it. was. In this movie we there was none. Switch. There was none. <laughs> Get out of jail, Rico. <laughs> This movie made me realize something. Bruce Lee, asshole. <laughs> I'm so glad that I finally actually realized what a dick Bruce Lee is. Because I was under the impression this entire time that Bruce Lee was this magnificent, incredible uh, teacher, this this legend. But really, I see what a petty, small-minded Let's not even, dick he like, is. Thank you Quentin for sharing well, that. Well, he wanted to rewrite history, so now he has to he's oh man, Bruce Lee is a legend. What is Quentin Tarantino doing? No, no, doing? listen. You have you ever have you ever met Bruce Lee? No. Oh, you just see what Bruce Lee wanted well, you to see. I don't think Quentin Tarantino right? has met Tarantino Bruce Lee. Quentin Tarantino knows either, way more right? than you. And you all right? know, you know what's the you worst are, part about you it? You are a fly and not <laughs> on the sunglasses of Quentin he, Tarantino. He sits there and he tells us that the legend uh Bruce Lee was some awful per- ego egotistical person I mean that's actually clearly Quentin Tarantino let's let's do that he also seems to talk about how much respect he has for Bruce Lee and this is what he does to him listen man this all is right offensive. Bruce Lee is looking on from the great beyond and saying this is the first time that I've been done right in a movie He's i i challenge these white <laughs> What <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> choose, choose your words <laughs> these these white uh arrogant westerners <laughs> and I defeat them in the parking lot all right right and besides Bruce Lee all right let's let's talk about something else Cliff Booth's enigmatic backstory unbelievable a, what what was the backstory that we don't know did he kill his wife did he not kill his wife what was really okay sure. what was the point of that this movie mystery. is full of like mystery. these plots that Quentin Tarantino you know, put in there and then he forgot about completely that Didn't he forget. had to resolve them, forget them that at all. they had to have any use like the editing of this movie like what the hell is happening by the way he he the structure of it is completely off and it's not off on purpose right not only that but you can clearly see there are scenes where they didn't have any 
like you know shots to replace so it has like these jump cut edits that like they had to do to like that was a stylistic choice it do you think that there is anything that Quentin Tarantino does that is not absolutely by by choice if yes. they didn't have any more material they would have gone and shot more material no they chose to do that no. he did not care about the film he only cared about the way it looked so clearly while they were shooting he didn't think about oh yeah let's get a different angle on this right he was just kind of like yeah i want to do this in one take right and then he was you like don't know, yeah, you don't know good. you don't know you weren't in the editing booth you weren't looking at the cutting room floor well, you weren't inside the bins inside the 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 the, the system Seeing what other shots there were, no, you know, you're guessing. All right, there needed to be more things on that cutting floor, <laughs> right? This movie needed to be cut by at least <laughs> half. I, yeah, and we were talking about Leonardo DiCaprio's acting, right? What is that? He he's, amazing. He is so broad amazing. in this movie. He this movie is supposed to be a comedy. Did you laugh? I didn't laugh. Maybe twice. There were so many funny Maybe moments. Twice. So many. You know when he's losing his shit inside the trailer. What? You know when 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 right, the whole right. scene at the end when they're all getting killed and everything. Two. Uh, you know when she when when the hitchhiker uh, you nope. know is telling him <laughs> that she wants to you know. Uh, that's not a funny scene. It's funny. It's funny. Nothing funny about right. that sequence. Uh, you know that whole sequence right. where, uh, where uh, what's his name, um, uh, Steve McQueen is 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 telling them like <laughs> what is the that? whole thing about They're, like oh he slept with her or that you know uh, she was married to him and then you know he's he's basically why? explaining. Uh, the relationship between uh, like it's so weird. So that's he's giving clearly between Sharon just obvious exposition here, Sebring. but then there's also a narrator who's also just giving obvious exposition. And there are so many parts where in this so movie clever. where I was like, oh my god, now it's gonna be all Quentin Tarantino. It's like for example that that Steve McQueen scene when he goes like, let me tell you a story. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna. Steve McQueen telling a story written by Quentin Tarantino. This is going to be amazing. And he just says, she's dating him. Then she left him for him. And then, you know, now he's sticking her. Like, what? Quentin, where in is... One li- in one sentence, he just described the complex relationship between three people over the course of we a couple of years looking six... into the past and into the future. And my friend, that was Steve McQueen. But this movie isn't at all interested in Sharon Tate all her life. Like, it doesn't do anything with that information. You're just ah, there. And it's a six-minute... I get it. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You missed the point that Sharon Tate is not part of the plot. She's this ideal. All right? (laughs) She's this this idyllic, perfect creature that we were blessed with and that was taken away from us so brutally. And he has a chance to save her now. She is just a reflection of all the good. Well, he, well, if that was what he was trying to do, he's clearly done the opposite. I now hate Sharon Tate because <laughs> I had to look at her dirty feet and watch her look, man, buy a book and watch her watch a movie symbolism. for like 30 minutes. The problem is I you don't like, get symbolism. Sharon Tate, I am glad you died. Is there another <laughs> cult? Is there a cult I can join where we kill people like Sharon Tate? Because I would like to join this How cult. How could you possibly say that? All right. First of all, I, I apologize to our audience for Heisem's vulgarity all right no she should not be dead and and and, and she was a beautiful beautiful human being and and shame on you oh, Haisam. shame also, on you also that okay so so margot robbie is margot robbie as sharon tate and she goes to watch a movie with sharon tate in it but it's actually sharon meta tate. it's just not meta over just meta <laughs> over meta, meta i was make tripping it meta. I, was like, <laughs> I was like damn this is meta right but then, and yeah. we're watching the movie 
just like she's watching herself in the movie. To what end? It's amazing. And then, but but at the same time, DiCaprio, when he's in a fake movie that's a real movie, when he's in The Great Escape, he's actually DiCaprio. Like, so they can actually do that, but they choose not to what? Quentin. What? <laughs> really, Quentin, what? <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean, Quentin? What? Huh? Like, like what? Like, all right. Look, I think that this film deserves to be absolute, hands down, Oscar winner of the year. That's for Razzie. sure. That's just one hundred percent, hands winner. down. The balls on that guy, creating a film that broke Nobody the narrative convention. All right, that that did not stick to any. Uh, of the expected filmic structures, you know? You have two days, all right? In the first two acts, you've got like, you know, two days what? in the life of, and then there's a six-month gap, <laughs> what? all right? And then they come back, and it's the third act is on that last, that, that other day. It's I like mean, he forgot how no, to make movies. He's telling you, it doesn't matter, all right? He's telling you, break convention, you know? You see the car driving left to right, then suddenly jumping, just driving right to left, and then the music jumps, and then it doesn't... He's like, look, you can do it, man. You could do it. You can do whatever you want. You can't... You don't have to try to be so shackled. You might... You, Haysam, you have the shackles of the mind. Your <laughs> mind is shackled. Listen, I consider myself a low-brow, <laughs> movie-going... You just guy. said you're a high-brow. <laughs> movie-going, regular guy. <laughs> I just want to watch a Quentin Tarantino movie with great dialogue and action and people getting blown up. And here this is, and I'm watching an hour and a half of, like, nothing happening. What? Two-and-a-half-hour film, not an hour and a half. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, two and a, I don't even know. I, I fell asleep halfway through, clearly. No, you okay. didn't. <laughs> you did not fall asleep. I wish I fell asleep <laughs> halfway through, okay? Like, I love Charlie Manson, You'd, right? What? Big fan. <laughs> You're what? I have been craving a movie about him for so long, right? What a legend, right? Listen, 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 listen. What? This was a love letter to Hollywood. <laughs> I don't think anyone said it yet, so I'll be the first, <laughs> ah, okay? Yes. I believe that Quentin Tarantino has penned yes. a love letter to the golden age of Hollywood. Well. Okay? And we are here to witness it. And it is our it is our gift, his gift to us, that we get to, to, to read the love letter. Well, I'm going to pen a letter <laughs> to Quentin Tarantino. Okay, go for it. Dear Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> What? <laughs> You're sincerely Haisam <laughs> Ismail. All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the natural conclusion of this debate. And it is time for the moment of truth. Haisam, can you tell us what you really think? I hated this film. Oh! I just, I, oh. I could not stand it. Like, oh, it no. was long. Oh, no. It was Plodding, it was slow. Oh. It was, but it had nothing happened in this film. It can, can you? I was angry at the end of this you, movie. Can you? Could you have ever imagined that you would you would dislike a Quentin no, Tarantino we, movie? Just before the movie started, we were talking and we were both like, "Oh, this is probably going to be our favorite movie of the year, right?" Yeah, we, li yeah. we didn't even literally said that. It wasn't even like, "Oh, yeah, thought about it," but it's like, "Yeah, it's going to be our favorite movie of the year," and then. You know, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and I was like, okay, I guess he's setting something up. He's setting something <laughs> he up. <laughs> he's setting something up for two and a half hours. It was really. surprising. It was it was really surprising because 
like, it started off really well. Like, I really like that first scene. They're getting interviewed, and then, you know, you see him re- uh, interacting with uh, with Al Pacino, and it's all really cool, right? It was, but I even at that time, I felt like something Something's was missing. Off. Yeah, something was off. But okay, fine. All good. I mean, you know, thinking back about the great Quentin Tarantino movies, which yeah. is pretty much all of them, you know, it was missing that tightness, that that like, that that style, that the, rhythm, the that editing, tension, the rhythm. Yeah, the edit- it was weird. There was no rhythm. Like I right? felt like somebody was, was doing a Quentin Tarantino impression almost. Right. It was someone who said who who was told Quentin Tarantino loves feet, <laughs> yes. so put as many feet in this film as possible. Quentin Tarantino loves to put the camera. Directly behind the drivers, yeah, he does in driving sequences. Do it, do it as often as you <laughs> possibly can. Quentin Tarantino loves music, yeah. So stick as much music as possible in this film, but don't do it in a way that cuts perfectly with the action. It doesn't. Just slap it on there. It. This movie was an excuse to just do all the things that he wanted to, and he didn't like. And it's like all slapdash, and it 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 has no purpose. Its purpose was. For him to recreate this era that he obsesses over. It has no cinematic purpose, I, right? It, the, it's a document that we can look at and say, oh, wow, what a wonderful recreation of that era. But it, as, uh, besides that, no. 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 I, I personally, I don't have any kind of connection to old Hollywood, right? The era that it's trying to show, right? And so... I'm I'm trying to think if if you I mean you didn't you star in several uh, golden uh, era Hollywood uh, movies as the leading man I mean uh, several golden girls okay episodes <laughs> okay as Betty loves love interest amazing uh Betty White Betty love White interest. yeah uh Harry Brown actually <laughs> my name was uh but yeah so I don't have any <laughs> connection to that era right yeah. and so I was never enthralled by it. It it it, it wasn't any of my interest. So yeah. I guess maybe that maybe if you cared more, but but that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't because I mean I didn't care uh, about uh, some of the other uh, eras and 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 some of the other you know settings that that were in many of his other movies. Yeah. But the movie just kind of. But just I guess because this movie's so much about that you. that if it's something if you really care about those things, you but that's such a small niche. This had like, this 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 film had very little dialogue compared for to his Quentin other movies. Quentin Tarantino right? movie. That's the best part of his. That's movies. the best part of his movies. And, and the, the dialogue that they had was kind of flat. Meh. It was yeah. just people kind of like it was him going like fix the antenna. It was not sharp. It was not like you know. It was not. They didn't have any weight. Exactly. You know, right? Like I think a part of it, what Quentin Tarantino does really well is he writes kind of like the people in this movie would talk, right? So gangster movies, they're really, like, they're smart, right? Like, to a unnatural level, but they talk like they are, you know, from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they talk like they're from there, but just at the highest level of intellect where they can just say everything that they want to. They're, like, incredibly articulate Incredibly articulate within that kind of accent or that style. Exactly. But over here, it just felt like it was people talking like normal This is the thing is that, is that, there were there were moments where you could see that kind of old Quentin kind of coming out, like the ranch scene. Yeah, you know. But even then, if you compare that ranch scene's tension to the tension of the opening sequence of Inglorious Bastards, no, there's no, there's no comparison. Nothing. There's none. And maybe that's the danger when when you know you've become so great that 
You yeah. have to fight against your own standards. But still, I just I I think that he could have done it. I don't think that it was a matter of not being able to. I just think that what he was making was something very self-indulgent. Yes. And and he completely just didn't he, his his wavelength was not the one that that was for the audience to enjoy. I the thing is Quentin Tarantino has always been self-indulgent. Yeah, in the right? best way. In the best way. But over here I don't connect to any of the things that he seems. You know what this movie felt like? Have you ever had a person who had like a dream that they think is really interesting and they tell you about uh, it? Right, 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 right. And it goes on and on and they think it's really interesting but you don't really care at all. It's like all. a lot of the stories that you tell me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a dream that uh, <laughs> you and I could be friends forever, but I guess that's shit. Not, that's not. But I feel like that's what it was. It's like Quentin Tarantino had this dream that he thought was amazing, and he's telling yeah. everybody, and we're just kind of like, yeah, we don't. So really let's care. think. Let's just quickly talk about how this movie came to life. Apparently, it started off with his idea that what if on that night where they Sharon Tate was supposed to get murdered by the Manson yes. family, that they had gone to the house next door instead. Correct. Yes. And it feels like that. We watched that yeah, movie and, that's the and impression we walked out that we and we got. said, okay, he clearly... <clears throat> he had did. that idea first and then he started working backwards. Right. And he made like a document, character background document that was just supposed to be their background. But then he decided to make that movie as opposed to... Like normally you would do that. You'd make a background character, you know, book for each character paragraph. And then you'd do the plot of the movie. But he just took that book of what these characters are and he made that the movie, I mm, guess, because he mm. didn't care about any of those things. Right? So the character became the plot instead of the character, b- b- you know, moving along the plot. Like he's, It's like he sat down and he said, okay, I want to recreate these TV shows from, you know, uh, the 60s. Uh, so what? how can I do that? Okay, he's an actor. Okay, yeah. so let's do that. He right? tried to create excuses for himself to be able to do these things that he wanted to do. And then there are like these scenes of, I mean, that kind of on their own are kind of okay, but as part of a two-hour, 20-minute movie, like what, like that scene, that's the Western, right? Inside the TV show. On its own, sure, it's, it's pretty fun, right? But what's the purpose of it? Like, how? why am I, I watching what I like What I liked about the scene of uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio on the set of the Western TV show where he was supposed to be the heavy yeah. and and uh, and get you know get defeated was that i really liked how uh how how leonardo dicaprio kept switching back and forth between his characters yeah. you know his real character and then the character that he was playing hey it's leo and, he's and, good and it's leo, and he's really really good like 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 just the contrast between the two was really amazing you know and i liked that they would kind of call cut that he would he would call for line and then you would kind of break out of the scene yeah. and come back into it i thought it was a lot of fun and i thought it was really well done um I thought Brad Pitt was great. Brad Pitt was fantastic. Was was fantastic throughout the whole film. His character was fantastic throughout the whole film. Um, you know, I I love the 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 you know even that little flashback of him and his wife. Like <laughs> it was like it was intriguing. Yeah. I wanted to know more, and it just felt like no. Then nothing came of it. Okay, but like, what's that supposed to do? You're supposed to. Uh, people say that he had killed his wife, right? Yes. And then you see this flashback where he's they're all drunk on the boat and he's holding the the spear gun and it's kind of pointing at her and she's screaming her head off at him. And then you cut. Okay, so what is that supposed to make me feel like about about Brad? Like, Why is that there? It's like an incomplete. Their their characters don't really have arcs, right? Especially Brad Pitt's character no, has Brad, no. Brad Pitt's character has no, has no arc, arc, right? Uh, DiCaprio kind of has an arc, but it's not that he changes; it's that his situation changes because of this thing. His situation that changes happens. exactly, yeah. 
right? And the other thing about this film is that I think you mentioned it. If you don't know what happened, you the little tension that's in this movie, what happened in the you know in real yeah, life, like like if it's not there no, at all. If if it's you nothing. if you don't know anything about the the murders, you don't know anything about Charlie Manson, then and you don't know that's, that's a lot happen. of people. By the way, like yeah. I you know know about these things, but even I was kind of like okay, I yes okay this this is a thing that kind of happened. Yes, I understand like some some bits and pieces of it but i think the majority of the people they would have no idea that this is what actually happened right it felt like this was less of a feature film story yeah and more like recreations yes like he just wanted to recreate things he recreated tv shows he recreated sets he recreated uh, actual uh, uh, iconic landmarks in hollywood he recreated characters it was a it just this was like a recreation of the era with no intriguing storyline it and it is so how can this movie be so boring it like was so boring man it was so boring i like i remember i looked at you you were so antsy you kept like switch, to, changing to, positions like to a degree in your seat where it was every also 3 seconds cuz like both of us couldn't believe it it was so kind of in a way it became predictable where you would be like okay now you're going to see a shot of the camera exactly. from in the back of the car and they're going to drive right the first time they did it i was like okay this is going on like the first time you see is Brad Pitt doing it right and you're kind of like okay i guess it's kind of going on for a little long but then it happens again and again and again and again and then happens on the horse <laughs> <laughs> and it it seems like it's like all an excuse to show him driving through these iconic locations and then and listen to, to music listen to music like so much of this movie is the radio playing or the tv playing or just music right and those are the things i think he concentrated on and forgot about the rest of the film he forgot about the audience i think he's losing his shit I think he's I think he's just fucking lost uh, it man. Here's the problem. I no here's the thing. I think if there's any director who deserves to lose his shit uh, and do whatever he wants, yeah, do whatever he wants and you know he's, he's gifted us enough incredible, you know, incredible movies that if this is what he wants to do, right, then go yeah, for it. go go for it, right? If if Quentin Tarantino came to me and was like, "Hey, give me like if I had the money." And I was like, "Hey, you know, give me like this much money. I'll do whatever I want." I was like, "Sure, Quentin, do whatever, do whatever you, want. you want. Like you have made eight movies, you've done no wrong. Uh yes, of course, you can do whatever you want." Not right? to mention the movies he wrote, not to mention the movies he like everything he's touched uh, when looking into his his filmographies yeah. is phenomenal. So, you know, yeah, he has the right to to have this kind of weird like outlier. Sure, do something for yourself. <laughs> you, you know, know I'm good for you, I guess. But I'm not gonna. Uh, but but I will. I would have a hard time watching it again. Yeah. I was really strain. It was straining to and to watch it. It uh, it makes me even angrier because you know he keeps talking about how he's only going to make ten films, and like yeah. I'm like this is the ninth one. So I'm like ah, he wasted a movie. He you know, wasted. that's what, <laughs> that's what it feels like, right? I do think that when the dust kind of settles on this film, people will kind of st- there are some people who like it still, right? But I think it has something to do with oh, it's Quentin Tarantino. It's Quentin Tarantino, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think history won't be kind to no. this film. I I I think as far as um all of the departments are concerned. So when you talk about like, you know, um wardrobe and 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 you know, makeup and and acting all it had all of the right elements yep. all the right ingredients and if you look at it from that perspective it's like shockingly good you yep. know in terms of the the pieces yep. that 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 come together but as a whole because the plot was so weak 
and because the the editing was so flabby and because the script was not strong yeah it just it, it no amount of of excellence when it comes to the different departments is going to save it. It just ends up being boring. I think that's kind of like when I'm scoring this movie, that's something to kind of think about, right? Like if you were to talk about, uh, you know, set design, costumes, uh, acting, Amazing. cinematography. Amazing. Right? These are all like 9 out of 10, yeah, 10 out of nines, 10, 9 nines. out of 10. Yeah. But if you were to ask me how much you rate this movie, I'd go like 4. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it kind of that's when so what does that movies say? Is, is so what weird, does that right? say, right? Like, so like I I'm 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 in the same boat where it's like it's more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. So a movie has to be more than the sum of its parts, right? Yes. There's so many elements that come together. So in this case, all the if you look at everything individually, it's nines and tens, but because the script was weak, because the 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 editing was was whack, you know, because of all these things, it kills it. And I would give it. Out of respect for Quentin, Tar- for Quentin, yeah. Out of respect for everything uh, that 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 has that that you know he, no, but he I, brings, I, I would still give it. I w- I want you to forget about that when you right. because this movie on its own, think of it as a movie on its own, right? Forget that even Quentin Tarantino, well, Quentin Tarantino directed it, but like I would, I would, like it pains me, but I I, I would give it a four because I don't think it's. It's it's below average. Like I wouldn't even call this an average film because of how I felt about it, right? Yeah, it's. I think that's what it comes down to. Is that I would give this movie, and because it's Quentin Tarantino I, movie, I expect more. Like, I wouldn't give it more than a five. Like I'm struggling to give it a five. I want to give it a five. Yes, but I think I'm gonna have to go like four and a half. Yeah, you know why? Because of the way it made me feel. Yeah, because I did not enjoy. Exactly. Experience. So if so, you can be as amazing as as possible. But if you make your audience like roll their eyes and feel really bored, then <laughs> that's it. Sorry. Yeah. But but th- but the reason that it has a four and a half is because there's so many nines and tens. Exactly. That counterbalance the one that that is the freaking you know editing it's, and script, which is so weird because it's just such a simple thing, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, but it's just like okay, so it's uh, the editing and the script is a little off, right? So and everything else nine. Okay, give it a seven, give it an eight, but that's it just goes to show. but that's so important, right? Like there are movies that are, you know, Evil Dead, for example. You know, <laughs> I love that film, Amazing. right? <laughs> but it's so low budget, it's so like low budget, everything about it, it is so terrible, it's so right? Good. But it's so good. So it kind of works in the inverse too, right? Yeah. If there's yeah. something that's something's really strong like Look at you, for example. <laughs> okay, you already you said this joke. It's <laughs> the second time you're saying it. You're really proud of it. You're proud of this joke. I, just, huh? I it's true. It's right? not a joke. I just say. <laughs> well, you're a one. Okay, <laughs> just a one all around. Okay, top to bottom. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm number one. <laughs> all right. Well, I um. You don't have to be a hateful Omar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, man. Uh, you're uh, a, you, you can create your own pulp fiction about what okay, you think I look stop like. Stop barking right, like a reservoir <laughs> dog. Listen, you inglorious bastard. All right, that's enough of this shit coming from your face. Okay, you have just <laughs> unchained this guy. Okay, I'm coming after you. All right, Jackie. Oh, you think, <laughs> you think you're death proof now? <laughs> I think that's about all. Is that it? Is kill Bill. Oh. I don't know. You I'm, I'm gonna kill you. Kill, you kill this. I don't know. Let's. You know what? Let's stop this. Let's <laughs> stop Every, this madness. Everybody knows between you and me. Uh huh. There's a true romance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to Switchflix. If you loved or hated the show, please do rate, subscribe, leave some comments. It really helps us grow the podcast and community. Your support is the wind beneath Quentin Tarantino's ego. Oranges. Oranges? <laughs> Brad? Origins. Origins. <laughs>